0: You never heard of hey everybody welcome to the common folk podcast with Ben Morgan and Andy
1: okay here we are this uh, particular topic Andy, I'm gonna let you kick it off you kind of got a, a good well, understanding of it
0: yeah, you know, we're we're from the Midwest, and, you know, so agriculture plays a big part, not only in our lives, but really the economy as a whole around here. And uh, something that I think everyone's got a taste of within this past year, year and a half, is why are beef prices, why is the demand up, but cattle prices, why are they down? Why are the people that are raising the beef, the cattle, why are they getting paid all-time low prices when I am paying all-time high prices? For sure. At the grocery store, and I think we got a wonderful guest here that can maybe shed some light on that, uh, and that's Doug Trainer, who's got a an extensive uh, background in the ag industry.
2: Yeah, I guess it's a battle that most family farms don't want to deal with. I think the 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 beef packers want to consolidate the actual producers, uh, kind of like they integrated the hogs, you know, probably about twenty years mm-hmm. ago. Um The one thing that the cattle producers have going for them is you got to have land.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, hogs, you can confine them. right. Cattle, you got to have room. So these packers are probably trying to find four, five, six big yards, do business with them, pay them X amount of dollars per animal. That's what they want. I that's what I believe. Okay. Um, there's a battle going on, you know. There, there, you know. You had the COVID thing. Um, some people, I believe, price gouged the consumer mm-hmm. at the stores. Um, when, when you're a producer, whether you're a calf producer or you know the fat animal producer, and you go into that grocery store and see what they're getting per pound for it, and and what you receive, you know, per pound. Um, it's really hard to take that pill and you have a lot of politicians. This is very political. You have a lot of politicians that, um, say, you know, they're going to do something about it. You got a lot of lobbyists Mm -hmm. that are the other way and Hey, let's face it. You know, these beef packers have a lot of money. They have a lot of power, right? Um, so you either do what they say or you get out of the business. So I think in the long run, the producer needs to unite together. Uh, if the organizations that they belong to aren't doing what they feel needs to be done, maybe they need to redo an art organization to get their voice across, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, figure out a way to kind of consolidate and, and come together as one, and and I have seen that you know where we now have Democrats working with Republicans trying to figure out uh, what it, what they called it. You know, we talked about uh, political words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, price manipulation was mm-hmm. one of the uh, little kind of tags that I would spun. see there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, uh
1: I I think so for me, like I'm I'm the kind of guy where I want to understand all the moving pieces, and there's probably a number of folks that will listen to this that don't really understand like you hear okay you you've you've got the producer they're raising it and then all of a sudden I see it in the grocery store Mm -hmm. why don't you guys and and Doug you might um, be best to answer this how does the process actually work how many people are involved what are the steps from birthing that calf to the time it hits the grocery store because there's a there's a lot of hands in there
2: oh yeah there's a lot of hands Um, basically you, you have to start with a cow in a bowl (laughs) (laughs) uh. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't start that way. Yeah. You have to start, but you know, the finish dates about 18 to 24 months, anything over that, you know, it's, it's really not in beef production business. Um, uh, but so there's, there's a long time, it's kind of like whiskey that, that um mm-hmm. you know before you reap any wo- rewards yeah. Yeah. you don't get any benefit from and it costs a lot you have to have them tractors you have to have the facilities you have to have the land you have to have the the, the personnel to to take care of these animals and it's not like you're just taking care of grandma's dog over the weekend mm-hmm. i mean they I mean, it's when it's snowing, it's raining. It's just like the postman, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of spokes to this wheel. Um, I, I I believe that the 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 packer started off with the right intentions, um, but the consolidation of that industry, every time there was a consolidation, it took the voice farther and farther away from the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so. As a as a producer, you just have to rethink your strategy. You have to – how do you get to the consumer? Because a couple going to the grocery store, buying a couple ribeyes, they look at the price of the ribeyes today and they look at maybe another protein source, whether it's chicken or pork, and go, God, I can eat three meals yeah. of the pork or chicken right. versus one meal of the beef. You know, I – that's not a good thing either, you know. I mean, granted, it's not the same level. I think beef is superior, um, but I eat pork. I eat chicken. I eat beef. So first, you got to educate the consumers, mm-hmm. and yeah. and and you got to – and and there are some family farms that are starting to do that. They're going to farmer <laughs> yeah. farmers markets, and there you're buying it right from the farmer. Yeah, and. The problem there is, is let's say you're a 5,000 head feedlot. You can't find 5,000 people to buy one head, yeah. you know, all the time. It's yeah. just not practical. Um, but the the butcher shops, the last year and a half with the pandemic, their business has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome, great. Um I believe a few community colleges are even going to offer um, butchering programs now. Really? Yeah, to encourage, especially out in the western part of the uh, Nebraska, uh, more people yeah. to maybe start their business, you know, butchering business. Makes sense, yeah. And, and so that's a good thing. You know, the producers are pushing mm-hmm. that. They're backing right. that.
0: Yeah, we're seeing change happen.
2: We're seeing change happen. It's never always the, f- the, the speed that we want it to. But – uh going against the big boys the packers you have to have that voice at the table so, so and,
0: and part uh, of the reason here ben uh, or the step i would say that's catching the most limelight as far as price fixing uh, is there's a slew of lawsuits that have been brought to these packers and they are shutting down functioning uh plants processing plants And in order to, you know, control the supply, knowing the demand was going to be up, uh, they were able to actually lower the supply, even though um, that feedlot has 5,000 head. And so that all got backed up and and for no good reason other than here's an opportunity and three, four companies saw that and took full advantage. And I I think one thing that I, I thought was really sad or the fallout, was our neighbors or people down the street that don't know what's going on, they go back to the farmer. They blame the farmer. And and that's, no, yep. they want to sell their cattle. And yep. right now they're selling their cattle for all-time low prices. So, like, everybody's kind of getting a gut punch here, except for just a select few on top in just that one segment of the business. Just trying to control the volume. Right.
1: I think, and, uh, again, to, to break it down to its simplest form, um, because I think it's important for people to understand this, there's a lot of terms that were coming out. So, you know, producer, packer, butcher, all these different steps. So what is the step? Obviously, the producer is what people would call the farmer the mm-hmm. rancher, you know, raising these animals. And then what happens? Because it has to hit a, a place and then it has to hit another place, right? And, and, and what's all that termed so that everyone can kind of understand?
2: Okay. So you have this calf that's born. That calf needs to be with its mother. Usually... Five six hundred pounds is weaning weight, you know. Sometimes they wait till 700 pounds, that's the window. So, that's the first stage of that animal's life. The second stage, you get them, let's say, 500 pounds to seven eight hundred pounds, that's where you're growing the animal. That's where you're not putting so much the weight on, but you want to want that frame to expand. Mm-hmm. So, what's the time frame on that?
3: Like, what do you you know, how old? Oh, or different parts
2: of their life, they're going to gain weight at okay. different rates. So you don't want to end up with a short fat cow or, you know, an animal. Uh, okay. You, you want to, if this animal, when it goes to slaughter and its genetics uh, need, that animal needs to be 1,450 pounds, you got to stretch that frame out and, and put that weight on accordingly. Otherwise, it's just not going to work out. So The the, let's say the 500 to 800 pounds, you're growing that animal, you're giving them a a great diet, very balanced. I mean, these producers have nutritionists, they have vets, they, them animals are taken care of so well. Mm -hmm. They have it down to a science, they're on the cutting edge of science Mm -hmm. and and animal uh, husbandry, and they're growing that animal. To the size it needs to be. Now, let's say that animal hits 800 pounds. Okay. Now we pour the coals to the animal. We mm-hmm. put the gas on. He's going to get a lot of protein, you know, via corn somehow, you know, energy. Energy puts on weight. Um, we don't want that animal doing laps around the farm, you know, jogging or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just hang you out know. here, guys. Just right. hang out. Right. Uh, different farmers... Um, in our area, a lot of our animals are—most of our animals are finished via grain. Mm-hmm. Some places in the country, is, they're finished via grass. Yep. You know, a grass-fed versus grain-fed animal. I know my preference. I'll let everybody else make their own decision. I'm a grain-fed yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you have the marbling. You have the tenderness. Grass-fed, uh, the, the actual product will almost look identical in the grocery store. And they'll put a big old sticker, grass-fed beef, you know. Right. And it's it's like, it, it doesn't taste the same. Yeah, totally. Y, you know, some genetics are promoted in the store, like Certified Angus or Certified Hereford or Piedmontese You know, some of the groups are getting behind their own meat, which I think is great. They're promoting their products. And, and uh, you know, everybody's heard of Certified Angus. Yeah. And... But genetics plays a big part. So if you have an animal that's supposed to finish, you know, about 1,200 to 1,250, that's a little bit smaller animal in today's world, you know, that animal goes to market. When that animal goes to market or is ready for market, I always say you got about a 20, 10 to 21-day window you need to sell that animal to, to get your money because – after that window closes, that animal starts costing you more. That animal is going to eat, let's sure. say, a ton. you know, twelve pounds of feed in a day, and instead of gaining, you know, three pounds, it's only going to gain one pound. It just mm-hmm. the the no animal's high. done. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. just sustaining that animal, yeah. and that animal's taking up space. And all of these feedlots um, are basically hotels. And they got to keep the rotation of the hotel going, so it's it's a window that they have to hit. And if the packer is not taking their animals, or they let's say they buy them, you know, on this day, and after they agree to buy them, they say, "Well, you can't deliver them for twenty eight days." Well, you're feeding them then. They for still got to be yeah. fed. Yeah. They yeah. still got to be fed and cared for. And yeah. them farmers, them producers, they do that. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's really hard to do something for free in today's world. You know, you just, you can't run an operation that way. Mm -mm. Now, you know, a week to 10 days, that's understandable. That's doable, you know, but three weeks. A month. month.
0: And and we saw that organically with the floods back in 2019. A lot of railways got washed out or compromised. Mm -hmm. And that was just a short hiccup because everyone was out there rebuilding those roads. And Doug, I think you ran into that, you know, um, um, trying to move grain. Uh, just that little hiccup. But it was overcome. But uh, that wasn't planned out. That was, like I said, organically happened, you know, and we figured it out. Uh, what we're seeing now, though, that's intentional, and it's from the guys at the top, and you, we're all feeling the trickle down.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And th- there's some kind of coercion there. Um hmm now, whether they can prove it in a court of law, you know, I, I don't... Right. I mean, it could get drug out for another five years. I mean, they, they got enough money to drag it out, you know, to to, to wear the producer out. Yeah, um, right. It don't help the family farmer today, though. It don't, Yeah. you know. Yeah. They're making decisions week by week, day yep. by day, yep. you so. know, so it don't help them out at all. So the best thing they can do is... Let the consumer know what's going on, you know, like us, and and you know, have the consumer understand that this is not inflated from the producer; it's right. inflated yeah. by the packer. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, and there, to to shed a big time light on that, uh, here's just one study I kind of looked up, done by Informis. Uh, they're a journalism group, and they run supermarket news. They have a whole bunch of different types. Mm-hmm of little journals that they run. But this one's from Supermarket News, and it showed that beef prices were up in the supermarket 91% this one week in April in 2020, Hmm. compared to that same week back in 2019. That same week, beef prices from the producer uh, to um, the meat packing plant were down 16%. So think about that. The end price was up 91%, the raw material Price that was getting paid was down sixteen, and that all that gravy in the middle there was being, (laughs) you know, gobbled up by you know three or four entities. Right.
1: I think, uh, you know, you you say all that, and for me, what I think about is okay, like, what the hell do we do? You know, like as as an individual, how do I combat this? And that's something that I want to get into in terms of I think some of this direct to consumer product. Yeah, uh, And there's a good conversation around that. But one thing that I, wa- I want to revisit real quick before we go on is, again, because I-, I want people to understand this and-, and how all the money flows. So you've got the producer. They raise that animal. It's ready to sell. They sell it to who and what happens next?
2: Okay. They'll sell it to a packer buyer. So it's usually a gentleman um, that comes out to the feedlot. And that person is purchasing a pen. So let's say you have 150 head in that pen, they'll, they'll offer you a price. And you can either take that price or pass. But there again, when you have that window of opportunity that you can sell, mm-hmm. yeah. you're you're kind of handcuffed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what pretty much all the other packers are bidding because they're all within sense sure. yeah. of each other. I mean – I, I think they sit at the end of the lane, have coffee together and then they <laughs> yeah. both drive on at the same time yeah. and and offer the same price basically. So um, that's that's a tough pill to swallow because they all know it happens and and you know them guys are getting orders from above. They're, well and it, that's
3: what I was just thinking. Excuse yeah, the, me, like how how are they deciding? It's not how, the guys I mean, on how's the
2: ground. That? It, it, it's it's management for Okay. Above. Okay. It, it's that's what's being done. And uh, I think, you know, years ago, the grains, they had a co-op. And co-ops work if they're ran right. Mm -hmm. My personal opinion is they need to start a co-op. They Mm. need to have a beef co-op. And that co-op sells direct to the consumer, you know, via the grocery stores. And you buy from people that are owners of that co-op. So you come up with a grid system, you know, basically trying to predict a little bit of what the consumer prices are. Uh, you know, it's a commodity, and it's it's a moving target, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. It's a moving target. Every day's different. The prices move every day. Mm-hmm. So you have to have some kind of a matrix off of the, the Chicago mercantile. And it's going to take people that are a whole lot brighter than myself to come up with that kind of a matrix. But I think that if you have that player involved with the Packers, that makes them honest then all of a sudden. Mm, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's a new game. Right. It's a new game.
1: So that packer comes in, purchases the animals, and then what? Once they get them.
2: Oh, once they get them, they'll, they'll purchase them. Yep. And it's a verbal purchase. Yep. You know, they don't actually get paid until that animal's delivered. Okay. So let's just say you agreed to sell it for $1. ten a pound. You don't get that $1. ten a pound until that animal
1: gets to the plant. So the producer has to go through the work, load them up. Right. Load them get up. Get the truck going. Get the truck. Line the trucks up. Deliver
2: hmm. that animal. Um, the trucking company gets their fee for trucking them, which there is only go. fair. Yep. You oh, yeah. So you have a diesel yep. fuel factor in there. Yep. You know, got a trucking company factor in there. Yep. Uh, a lot of times you got a weather factor in there. Sure. You know, January, February, March is terrible in Nebraska mm-hmm. sometimes. Right. So... That animal might be carrying mud on them, manure, that they're they're weighing more, but they're going to yield less. Mm-hmm. Or in the winter months, you know, it takes energy to stay warm. Sure. So the animal's going to eat more to stay warm. Uh, so there's so many factors yeah, right. in, in it. But once that animal gets to the plant, then it gets slaughtered, it gets broke down, uh, it gets quartered, halved. Some of them halves might go to let's say high V's, and then high V's will do the cuts on them. Okay. Um, basically, it's boxed beef is what it is. You know, in in the different parts of the animal uh, is sold as you know boxed beef.
1: So what we what we were talking about in the beginning there was, and you were talking about like these um, classes and and uh, courses that are coming around for kids, uh-huh. y- you know, younger people coming up is. Teaching them to do those finish cuts, right, right.
2: Well, it's it's teaching them to start a business, yeah, and it's teaching them that there's a need in the world to to have a mom and pop butcher mm-hmm. shop mm-hmm. in
1: a
0: local locker, you a know? local meat locker, yeah, yeah. right. And,
1: and and I think that's what a lot of people hear is like, you know, if you're not in it, you. And this is what I'm trying to get at. I'm kind of dancing around it because because mm-hmm. I I know it, but I want people to understand is you have all these local lockers and, and, mm-hmm. and what's really going on there because there's all these terms, you know. Right. So they're getting these animals right. from the, the packer, is that what you would call it? No,
2: most of them are getting them from the farmer. From the farmer. Direct. So coming direct. in that yeah. way. They're
1: direct. On they, these small ones. Yeah, they,
2: they have a loading chute right yep. behind the locker. They unload yep. them
1: right down the loading chute. So the biggest difference is that we're looking at kind of this big – uh industrial kind of setup
2: and this is a mini version
1: yep and then that's so that's that's your small town setup right there where right? It, where it's going it's going direct to these guys Yeah. so what, it's
0: go
3: ahead, go ahead. Oh, So it's slower
1: yeah it's, it's less slower head.
2: yeah i mean a a locker might only do six head a week yeah oh okay you know well that farmer i mean we got some mega feedlots around here yeah you know and when you have you know 125 150 175 head in one pen you know you got to have the means to, to handle, to do, it. to do that. And not only facility means, but personnel, you know, right. You you got to have the people because it's production work. It's line work. Um, it just, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so I think the combination of a lot of different things would help a lot. Yeah. You know, having extra lockers, promoting their own products, which that they're doing, mm-hmm. um, maybe co-oping, starting their own yeah. mid-size packing company, you know, uh, where it's membership owned, and then have a, a staff that's marketing their product, maybe kind of uh, use a template of Omaha Steaks. Sure. Omaha Steaks have done very well during the pandemic. You know how yeah. many people went online and ordered steaks? Right. God. You a know? ton. Yeah, they did a lot. They did a lot, and it was and, more
0: than a ton, Morgan. Oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, yeah. No, they they did a lot. So, I mean, you can try to reinvent the wheel, but why? You know, yeah. it's right in front of you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Just maybe learn how to tweak it and 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 put your own spin on it. You know, I think it's there.
1: And and mo- most people experienced over the last year or two the fact that these uh, these lockers were booked out oh, yeah. so, 18 months you know whatever and you mm-hmm. couldn't get anything done so we started realizing holy crap like we don't have capacity to keep up and that started driving some of those prices that you were yeah. talking about earlier oh, on yeah. and then and even from a standpoint of like the local hunter you know you you yeah would experience this can you get your deer in because they're no they'll 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 yeah. skip deer yeah right yeah
2: beef or pork is their business yeah you know, yeah. that's just the way it is.
0: But a lot of the local small-town lockers, you know, like up in my neck of the woods, uh, they would shut down for a few weeks to take on deer after after rifle yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, and that just wasn't the case. It wasn't even a possibility, you know, these last couple of years with the demand where it's at. Like you said, Ben, uh, they were out 18 months to, you know, over two years in mm-hmm. some cases.
2: Yeah. And like our local locker, I know— they won't even talk to you until after the first of the year, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just, they can't do it. They're right? that booked out. Yeah. They don't want to make promises they can't keep. Yeah. And, 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 and then that's fine. You know, that is absolutely fine.
3: So then that's driving these schools or teaching. I think it's panic buying. I mean, to... I don't,
2: I don't think it's only beef, but I think there's a lot of panic buying in a lot of different mm-hmm.
1: categories. Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah. Um, So, and, and a lot of these, the next thing that I was talking about, a lot of these producers have tried to figure out, okay, this isn't working. So how are we going to do this a little bit different? And they're trying to get direct to the consumers. And I don't know, you know, how much experience you guys may have with that, interacting with these guys or, or, or knowing what that setup is. But I'd like to talk about that a little bit because I know Mm -hmm. for us in, you know, personally over the last two to three years, we have literally gotten... 90% of our meat Directly From the producers Yep Uh, uh, Pork And beef Included
3: Directly Yeah
1: And and to the point Where Well
3: I mean You kind of did the pig Yourself That's what I'm saying To to the point
1: (laughs) (laughs) To the point Where these guys Were just selling Whole animals Yeah Yeah. I I mean And we just went And got them And and, and butchered it Yourself Yeah Just like you would A game animal Mm -hmm. You know Yep
2: So, so some of the people that I know that are selling directly to people, um, they've gone to a couple different lockers, reserved slots. You know, like mm-hmm. I want you to yep. do three animals of mine every week, no sure. matter what. Sure, I'll worry about selling them. Yep, and and it's working for them, but that put the pressure on the the local lockers, and yep. that kicked out some people. Sure, that wanted some product because now they're. Custom you know butchering yeah for yeah. for a, a mini company, mm-hmm. right, so
3: it's just shooking up the whole
2: right, right, there's a need though, there is a need for yeah. more meat lockers, there's a need for businesses that I guess are trade. Orientated, yeah, whether it's electricians, plumbers, exactly. but
0: that's what I was, yeah, that's butchers. what I was getting at. How do you butchery? I mean, I, yeah. that has to be in such high demand right now, but that's what I'm saying. So, totally
3: schools does. like, have you is that what you were well, saying? Like, you've heard schools. that these schools are going to start teaching, right? Right, this? They're, gonna, they're gonna have a course. I mean, just that like is, you go that's to, pretty cool, yeah, yeah. And, and the, where was this before? Like, how are the lockers now? knowing to do it from just experience their parents did it their parents is that how that a lot of starts it, yeah a lot okay of it's just
2: handed down generation okay. to generation or you know we have a family that's been in the business for over 60 years in our area mm-hmm. you know and the grandpa did it the, yep. the, yeah yeah the, the dad did it now the sons are doing it and now the grandkids are going to get into it you know and and uh you don't see that too often anymore um You know, we had a bakery in our town that the guy had a great business. Um, He would have taught anybody to take over that business for him. Yeah. And no one wanted it? And no one wanted it. Uh, So he just liquidated all the equipment. But it's manual work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our society today isn't (laughs) into the hands-on manual uh, muscle work. And, and that's where we're going to have a problem in the future. We have a problem now. But the students that manual work doesn't bother them, they have an opportunity right now to make a boatload of money. Yeah, They don't need to go to a four-year school. You know, four-year school is great, absolutely great. Not it for everyone. It doesn't guarantee you nothing doesn't guarantee you nothing. So, you know, check out the trades. But, you know, the, the, the meat business, it's something that we have to have as a society. We have to have protein. Yes. Um, one way, shape, or form. we got to have some kind of protein. And the consumers are very savvy. And it's a combination of good leadership on the producer's end to, to relay that story to the actual buyer. Um, yeah. the the distributor, the packer.
0: Okay. Is... Uh, one thing that I think everyone's kind of fighting for here is transparency, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Price
0: transparency. Yeah. And also, I want to know where this animal came from and, right. and, and think about it. But in a way, Doug, don't you think producers and farmers here, maybe they made their own bed in a way? Because it always seemed like they wanted to hide the process behind this, this black cloak or, or screen so you didn't have to actually come face to face that Your meat came from a a living animal, a living, breathing, uh, you know, cow or steer or whatever the case may be, and so I think it kind of opened the door for uh, whether it be Packers or uh, entities like that to kind of take advantage. Like you guys want to play behind the curtain here, fine. We're gonna we're, You're gonna award us an opportunity, and we're gonna take advantage of that. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what we're all working through right now.
2: Uh-huh. You know, in <clears throat> egg, there's a lot of regulation. Mm -hmm. And regulation um, was brought on by lobbyists, lawmakers. Mm -hmm. And some of it's good. Some of it is protecting the consumer. Some of it's uh, redundant, overdone. uh, Some of it's monotonous, very costly, very costly for the ag producer. Um, And maybe some of that was brought on by lobbyists for the packer. You know, I just think that it's too political. Um, We have a very fragile system right now. Any kind of a hiccup in distribution could really, really start a panic across the United States. Um, And I don't want to be around to see that.
1: And we experienced that a little bit not too long ago. Where that was the panic, and you couldn't you couldn't buy a freezer, oh, oh yeah.
3: gosh, yeah. it took us a long time to find one and yeah. luckily you got lucky. Like,
1: everyone was just wanting to
3: get their own stuff
1: yeah, build like bu- you know build up their own stock inventory, of yeah. everything they had, yeah, stock up <laughs> yeah. like
3: yep. uh, prep prepping yeah,
1: yeah yeah and 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 what was so crazy was that that was going on, but meanwhile. Here on the ground, we're dealing with folks that had animals that they just couldn't get rid of Mm -hmm. and and you you couldn't get anything and it cost a fortune. But then these guys, these producers couldn't get rid of their animals.
0: Oh, just insane. I think, Doug, you probably saw numbers like this too. I think it was estimated 300, like 50,000 hogs were euthanized up in Minnesota alone. Yeah. 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 And and here we are like, man, I'm trying to buy a freezer to put a hog in (laughs) and they're putting them to sleep up in Minnesota. You know, and, and.
2: Again, the the packing industry is very labor intensive. Yeah. Very much hands on. So when you have that perfect storm where you're taking people out of the the, the packing the labor industry. Course, yeah. It's you know, they are essential workers. Mm-hmm. I mean
3: mm-hmm.
2: the the trucking industry as a whole is <laughs> That's our lifeline. you For know. Sure. That is our yeah. lifeline. Everything comes on a truck. Everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, that's another part, and you just kind of skimmed over it, but that's just one more thing that a producer or rancher has to provide is the trucking to the actual packing plant. You know, like it all – there's so much more that's taken on there, I think, from the the initial spot, the actual farmer, and then just that little bit is taken care of by the packer, and they're the ones reaping the biggest reward. So I think – that animosity is also mm-hmm. kind of built, in that regard as well.
2: Yeah, you know, when that check is cut, that trucker gets paid for his part mm-hmm. right from the get-go. That's right on the check. So, I mean, that trucker don't have to wait for his check to come in. So, I mean, in 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 all, that's a good thing because that that hauler has to pay for his diesel fuel, that machine, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a lot of hands in the cookie jar. <laughs>
3: well, and for me, not really understanding the process before speaking of this now, just talking about it and then figuring out all of those things is just something I didn't even think of, honestly. Really, I mean, who's paying? You know, that, the trucker. Who's and I paying? Think the, that's the case. Yeah, yeah. A I lot mean, of it's just. Don't think about that. No. Yeah. I I never really did, honestly. Right. So. Uh,
2: um, you know, in other businesses, you know, some of the ones that I run. I used to have like one supplier of different stuff, and with this pandemic, now I have two and three. Okay. Just so that you have a plan A, plan B, and mm-hmm. a plan C. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Because you just don't know where the hiccup's going to be. You know. Now we just had a major hurricane yep. hit the Gulf Coast. Yep. You know, it'll be interesting to see what you know fuel prices going to go. Yep. On, sure. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Th- There's going to be something that comes of it. You know, lumber is finally coming down. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we have low interest rates, so that's encouraging spending. Uh, There's just, there's a lot of of items that that make up, you know, just being a human being
1: on this earth. No (laughs) doubt.
3: Lot of things.
1: What do uh, how do you guys feel about the whole direct to consumer thing and, and what a lot of these producers are doing? I mean, we we obviously have some direct yeah. interaction with some of these guys that are even on our website. Yep. Um, you know, in particular the upstream guys. They're in, uh, I think they're in Albion. Yeah. Nebraska. Uh Yeah. And 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 they've like basically just redesigned their whole business and how right. they do things to go yep. directly to people. Um, and it seems to be working. Think, it like is this is this is this what is this the wave of the future? Is this how all well this is gonna go?
0: I think there's a, I think that's a niche that can easily be filled, especially right now with the demand being where it's at and the uh, consumer becoming more engaged. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about that a lot on mm-hmm. this show how consumers are becoming more and more in tune with with what they're buying, what they're consuming, and um, those guys up in Upstream, it's a couple brothers, right? Yeah. Uh, I just I love their blueprint. I watched a, a couple of videos on those guys, read some articles because they're in a few different journals now. Um, and uh, the farm's kind of self-sustaining and they're working just hand in hand with and they got like you talked about, Doug, they, it's they're not just relying on one buyer. you know they they got a few different uh, stakes in the fire. Right. you mm-hmm. know So uh, if something were to go out, uh, a railway or something, uh, they, they would still have other entities to kind of fall back on. And plus, like you're saying, uh, Ben, they're building this brand and this relationship. So if something does happen, I think they're getting the clientele, kind of the fan base, if you will, that right. will step up and support them if something were to happen. Right. Yeah, that connection yeah. with the consumer is a yeah. lot stronger. Yeah.
1: It's like we talked about when on the last one that we recorded with you, Doug, in terms of um, the, the alcohol business, the Cooper's Chase, uh, getting that engagement with the customer. And the customer wants to know so much more. And that's what's allowing these people is, is to get behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. meet your farmer, you know, know how this, yeah. all this works. Put a
2: face on that.
1: Yeah. Put and a face I on mean, that. Pff, yeah, face and a name.
2: amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I mean. Yeah, you sit right next to them at the ball games. You sit right next to them yeah. at the church, you know, yeah, and man. it's like yeah. never really found out about their business. Now I know yeah. it. And right. It's, yeah. it, a whole new perspective, you know, on well, what they Well, it makes do. you feel
3: good about it. Just good about your purchase and yeah. where you're spending your money and what you're doing.
1: And I guess it's not something that's possible in, like, you know, really big cities in that. True. But at least around here, you know, the, these these producers can provide for the, the lower number of population right. directly.
0: But I do think there's an opportunity, and, and Doug touched on it, uh, like let's take a metropolitan area like Chicago. There's an opportunity for small lockers, like your neighborhood locker, like it used to be, to kind of come back into the mm-hmm. fold. So if you wanted to buy your your beef or your pork chops um, here rather than there, y- you know, you, you could put a face to it. You could support a small uh, family-type business, mom and pa type of shop. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, and when I talked about the co-op type of a business, I'm talking about not creating a business where you're doing the steaks and stuff. I'm talking about having beef where you're selling halves or quarters Mm -hmm. to a company, let's say in Boston or Mm -hmm. Chicago or LA to where they break it down.
1: Mm. So,
2: so you're selling them the chunks and they're selling the pieces. Gotcha. Yeah. There, I think, I, I think there's a huge opportunity, especially in a Metro area Oh yeah. Where you have population and you don't know, you know, that person doesn't need to know how to kill the animal or slaughter the animal. All they need to know is how to put out a good steak, how Cut to tr- how to trim that steak. Mm-hmm. And then after you have that steak, know how what the shelf life of that steak is in your store. Yeah. How do you tell that person how to prepare that steak? Educate that person on mm-hmm. preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you have some, let's say pork ribs, you know, you need two and a half hours. If you're doing them on a smoker, do it this way, you know, educate all the way through, not just certain people, educate them all the way through and everybody will be a winner because I think if the farmers would try to focus on a co-op where they actually did the steaks too, it's too big of a business. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Focus on quartering and having that animal. Right. And then focus on selling that meat and maybe setting something up. Have a program, you know, that, hey, you set up a shop that's at least 1,200 square feet, has this much cooler space. We'll teach you how to sell our product. And have a program where, Mm -hmm. where we'll set you up in business.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the cool part about a, a, a co-op is there's sellers and buyers, and they help the individual out. So I, I find that just fascinating because uh, you could you can just see the writing on the wall with that. You could find buyers that are, you know, um, a chain of uh, supermarkets that, that aren't afraid of that, that they have their own uh, butcher, you know, type shop in the back. Uh, they, they'd buy that in a heartbeat. Certain types of restaurants would be all over that as well. So you can already see where... Man, there's so many possibilities and avenues to go down, but uh, to get something started like that, to actually buck the trend and, and make something new happen, you know, that's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're doing the easy part about yeah. it. We're talking about <laughs> it, you know, but to actually get out there and do it—to do it, yeah. And it, it, I think has, change is coming, though.
2: It's it's big money. Yeah. It's yeah. big money. You got to have is.
0: deep pockets, you know.
2: But if you want an industry to survive, whatever kind of industry. You, industry you have to be innovative mm-hmm. and and you have to try ideas out not every idea is going to work you just hope the ideas that don't work don't cost you multi-millions of dollars <laughs> right, yeah,
1: right. <laughs> yeah pretty crazy it's uh i mean it's something that obviously we all deal with every single day it's an important part of our of of, of our day-to-day our food source our, our protein source and and Having grown up around here, it's um, you know it's personal as well, you know, with the folks that we know and, and that raise these animals and, and how all that works. But uh, I, I mean, I feel fortunate being who, where we are, and how our lives are set up that um, that we get this this quality product, right, and that we have as yeah. much access to it as we do.
0: No, we really do. And we have a lot to be grateful for, you yeah, know, no doubt. Yeah. And also just being aware of the the conversation. I think just our awareness might be a little greater than people that just sure. wouldn't be exposed to it. And it's yeah. no fault of their own. You know, I mean, to, for me to get to work, you know, I, I have to take a 15-minute commute. And I'm going to drive by two or three pastures that are <laughs> going to have, you know, uh, cow, calf, you know, pears in them. You know, so yeah. I, I'm exposed to it. I'm looking at it. Yep. That's not the case for the majority of, that's right, yeah. of yeah. the U.S. You know, working for so it's not it's not one person's fault or, or a demographics you know fault, um, and that's a reason I I do like what we're doing here is hopefully we are shedding some some light on the subject mm-hmm. and getting more people in tune.
2: And and you got to understand too, these producers, the, these women and men that produce these animals for our food, they're very educated people. Um, and they care. They're very passionate about what they're producing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the quality of product that's coming out is second to none. Great. Um, yeah, they're Them animals are getting treated better than humans. <laughs> well, Honest to God, yeah. they are. They are getting <laughs> treated better than humans. <laughs> they are in them pens every day. They're cleaning their water tanks. They're giving them fresh feed twice a day. Yeah. Um, if there's any illness, that animal is doctored. I mean, that animal it goes to the ER just like oh, we yeah. do, you yeah. know? So, so it's, they put their heart, soul and their family into each animal that comes off that farm. For sure.
3: Well, it's their name, you know, like it's right? their cattle. Yeah. It's like their name on it. Oh so yeah. So they want to, right? And, yep.
2: Yep. You know, and a lot of these people, they're involved in 4-H, yep. they're involved yes. in FFA, they're involved in their local schools, which is they're, huge. they're involved in their local governments. So they're very um, they're they're good at multitasking, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that that us helping them educate people is a plus. They need all the help they can get right now. I mean, it's an industry mm-hmm. that yeah. that's been kicked in the teeth, and and this is the least we
1: could do. 100%. I one of the things I'm looking forward to as well. We have talked about it a little bit the, the upstream boys are going to come up and we'll have some conversations with them. It's going to be really interesting to get their perspective.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean just the demand and what they're, you know, when when something like that starts, I feel like everyone's like, "Oh, that's a neat idea. Way to go, guys." You know, gives yeah. them a little nudge mm-hmm. on the shoulder. And then they turn around and go to the yep. a big you know, box store, and that's yeah. where they get all their products from. Right. And now with what's happened and what's going on, uh, it's making everyone kind of do a double take. You know what? Maybe I should support the local guys here. Yeah. At least I'll know where, where it's coming from and the consistency, and uh, that it, it will be there. You know.
1: And it's it's growing like that. Demand is is getting bigger and bigger. Uh, we've got well, possibly late this week, but probably next week. We've got four holes coming between families that we know you know that are coming from these guys and it's just because people are like hey man this stuff's good i know where it came from Mm -hmm. i want to support them and why not you know stock up so that's it seems like it's kind of the it's the wave Uh,
0: it's more than a trend like like i was kind of getting at people thought oh that's kind of that's neat guys and that's trendy that's fun but no it's more than that now Mm -hmm. yeah
2: you know the the biggest thing that's scary for some of these people is their operations are large. their sure. Their hotel is big. And when you get handcuffed to where you can't perform the way you want to perform and you're bleeding dollars,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it's a lot in one day. Yeah. N- mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, I'm going to lose $500 today. I mean, it's thousands. Yeah. Every day. So uh, the relationships they have with their financial institutions Mm -hmm. um, is imperative. Mm -hmm. And and hopefully it'll bounce back for them. Hopefully, you know, they can handle a a kick in the mouth.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well... What else you got anything else on Andy?
0: man we, we touched a lot. I, yeah. you know we we're talking about the educational part. I saw a meme uh, flying around What kind of I you know <laughs> what's a like, meme? Uh, <laughs> y- meme? you know a picture, a famous picture or a picture that you're aware of and then they throw a little some words know, on one there. Liner, oh, and, so um. the liner. <laughs> so this is an evolved one. This is an actual conversation on Facebook. Someone screenshotted it and circled it. And since it's already out there and, you know, when you put your name on it, you know, when you go online, well, you're opening yourself up. So Scott Pooler said, farmers and ranchers across the country will use any excuse to raise prices. Mm. What's it take to raise a cow? Grass and water, both of which are free. Jeez, oh, They live in a field. Only costs are essentially shots and salt blocks. And I think if we did anything, <laughs> we kind of showed there's a little <laughs> bit more to it than Just a little. than salt blocks and free water. Right. So yeah. right. Scott, hopefully we kind of helped you out there. And I see you kind of already catching it a little bit oh. there. Ooh, ha, ha, <laughs> so, I'm
3: sure he's uh, <laughs>
2: You know, and, and whether he was sincere about his comment or not, I mean, there are people out there that – I don't want to say narrow-minded, but they're not educated. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, know? I was the first to say I didn't even think about the whole diesel thing. So, I mean, I'm not – I don't want to say he's dumb.
0: But yeah. Oh, no, I didn't, I, I didn't say Scott No, was
3: dumb. not you, yeah, but oh. I'm saying, like, I – I mean, I know more than Scott. <laughs>
1: well, he's probably – I mean, it's it, – it, It's it a conversation is, piece for sure. Scott, he doesn't know. I'm just saying, like,
3: there are definitely people that don't know – but yeah, and in some
1: cases, you yeah. do kind of have to give some of these people grace because they didn't—they right. didn't grow up where yeah, we grew Yeah, yeah, okay. Like they don't understand. But, uh, but although you know, it could just be a jackass. But yeah, it, either way, <laughs> there's a lot of people that just right. don't know. Yeah, yeah, and, and I that's, think that's why we got to have these conversations.
2: Yes. You, you know, and with today's social media too, you can hide behind a screen from anywhere oh, for sure. And sometimes people enjoy starting fires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes mm-hmm. people like to yeah. t- create controversy. And you can turn a blind eye or you can educate or you can do a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you stoop to people's levels like that, I, I don't yeah. think you're helping the cause. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're helping the cause by educating people. Um, I think you're if you can teach somebody how to prepare a roast – You know, how many new young families put a roast in a crock pot before they go to school? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the easiest meal to make in the world. Yeah. You know, or make pork chops out on the grill. You know? Yeah. You know, that's what we need. That's what we need around is, I'm not, well, I guess I am an advocate of a cooking show. But... (laughs) practical cooking
1: yeah yeah we're
2: we're not going to make a five course meal that you know somebody on their yacht's going to come in and stop off and have a meal right let's make it practical for you know i am the picture of a tombstone pizza because i'm never (laughs) home i'm always at sporting (laughs) events right so i come home at nine or ten o'clock at night and i pop in a tombstone pizza Mm -hmm. you know if i were more proactive in just maybe planned a meal ahead of time, you know, yeah. you, you can create some really good meals that don't take up much energy of your time mm-hmm. to make. Yeah. So I got to practice what I pe- preach on that deal. And yeah. it's sure going to taste way better than a tombstone pizza. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it so it Definitely. Yeah.
1: No doubt.
3: Well, this is good.
2: Yeah.
1: I learned yeah. a lot.
3: I liked Thanks, it. Thanks, Doug.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's good to have you.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Uh, very enlightening. You know, I I learned a lot too, and I even try to keep my thumb on the pulse, but mm-hmm. still, there's a there's so much out there. Yeah. yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. good info. All right, well. All right, guys. Until next time, huh?
0: Yep. Later.
3: Peace. Adios.